Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, you know, sorry if you thought there might not be a podcast because I'd be kind of paying my respects and everything. I'm here. I'm I'm an awful person. I'll, I'll take it on the I'll take it on the chin. Even though there has been no football um, because of the the events of last week, um, so it's it's going to make it probably hard to do a Tottenham podcast. Oh no, it won't. Oh no, it won't. Um, because I've got on the show today, Mr. Mr. Hotspur Memories himself, Carl Wetton. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you getting on? Very good, thank you. Very good, yeah. Did, did you enjoy uh, um, yeah. my just then my awkward tiptoeing around <laughs> not wanting to make a kind of bad or insensitive joke about last week, but also kind of doing that? Do you Absolutely. Guys, did I navigate that one all right, do you think? I think you did well. Um, yeah, I mean, one, one, one cancelled podcast equals one respect, right? <laughs> Something like that. So, I've I've just gone there. So, Whoops. any any publicity is good publicity, mate. Even if it That's is right. flag yeah. shaggers getting angry at me, um, <laughs> I haven't actually said anything bad. I've I've not said anything bad the entire time, and I I don't I don't feel a lot of bad things. I think people I think people of all opinions on the matter should be allowed to just feel, think, and process what they want to about it. We don't need to police one another's views and stuff on something like this. Just let people feel what they need to feel. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Um, I couldn't agree more. Let people let let people be, or however they want to. Unless it's like really aggressive, then I'm kind of yeah. a bit like, eh, then kind eh. of turn it in a bit, isn't it? Um, no football's shite though, isn't it? At the moment, um, absolutely. You... I didn't really know what to do again. Oh yeah, I was going to say, what did you actually get up to? Well, I, well, turns out I said I didn't know what to actually do. It turns out I I I had to just fill my time with like cram in as much family-based activities as we possibly could without the, the without the the fear of lingering of tottenham in the background which was great it was kind of good actually you know liberating have that. yeah like went to a farm petting zoo and playgrounds and stuff and it was like and, and at no point was i thinking I'm gonna have to leave here about four o'clock to you know make sure we get back in time and uh you know traffic's looking a little bit bad on the m25 so uh you know none of that didn't have any of that this week it was like an international weekend almost any yeah? any interesting creatures at the petting zoo that's kind of what i'm choosing to focus in on or is it standard <laughs> you got your standard you, you know come on you got your, your gigantic pigs and your uh you know there was there were a few llamas there to be fair but um you know kids did a little bit of uh feeding and then uh straight off and oh there's a playground over there straight to that bang there you go next that's your next two hours sorted so uh knacker them out sleep in the car alone lovely nice you get to sit down have a coffee just keep an eye on them oh uh, yeah Jobs well, are good i thought it was going to be that but like there were there were a few of us that went and there was this like tractor thing where they race down on these tractors and uh it turned out that like my natural sort of in- inclination was to be like there's something gonna happen here <laughs> so so i was on watch basically i was like the like, like the night's watch of the of, of the children on the on this thing so yeah An- anxiety's a hoot isn't it <laughs> it's good fun it's so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. there's a ramp at the end i'm definitely sure aiden's gonna break her neck on this well better have a look so <laughs> um uh, do you think it's petting zoos aside mate petting zoos and anxiety aside how are you feeling that we skip City? Because do you think it's a good thing? Maybe in a way, or would you have rather have just gotten it out of the way? And where actually the fuck does that fit in now as well? The game. Absolutely, I am so conflicted when it comes to the, that that game being postponed because part of me is like, um, yes, 
I'm actually all right. I would like to be playing them when we're playing well um, and I have a really good account of ourselves. But the counter arguments that the flip side that's been going around in my head is like, we always seem to turn up against them yeah. when we've been playing shite or like no one expects us to do anything. Um, so I suppose outside of Spurs, those, those that are outside of Spurs and outside of our sort of like, you know, our walls, like I reckon the country would be looking at that 5.30 kickoff game going, I fancy, you know, Spurs could cause an upset here because, you know, they're third in the league. They're, they, you know, they don't watch us. They haven't watched what we've watched every week. And they'll be like, yeah, well, if anyone's going to test City here, it's Tottenham. Um, and from, I think, the feeling inside the Spurs walls, well, not inside the actual itself, the team are probably be quite confident. But, like, I reckon there probably was a sense and a feeling going into the game that, like, we're not actually playing great at the minute. And um, yes, I know we're, we're defending really well, but that's because of the way we're playing, I guess, right? And the way that we're set up. Um, and they've got Haaland, which is like cheat mode at the moment. Him him and De Bruyne, right? Um, yeah, it might be nice to kind of bump into them when he's maybe in a bit of an off patch, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I just, I, I kind of feel maybe that is a bit of a... It, it, Maybe it is a bit of a blessing because, like you know, like when I when I if I, when I've gone through past games against them in my head and and whatnot, right? Like last take like let's take last season for example. Like we go up there, turn them over three two. We just lost at Burnley in the midweek, and everyone was writing us off. The the Champions League quarterfinals, we were massive underdogs going into that. Um, everyone was just expecting City to beat us over two legs. Tottenham, plucky old Tottenham, turn up and knock them out. Um, whereas I do, I get this sense from around football, other football fans that it'd be like, this was going to be real. This was going to be a real test for city that weekend. Um, and that Tottenham were coming up third in the league and could get like some sort of, some sort of result there. Um, and it's, I kind of feel the Tottenham in me (laughs) feels that like when the rest of the world is watching and is expecting us to do this sort of thing and turn up. I mean, then, but then we kind of don't, but then again, saying that under Conte, like, you know, he's, he's trying to stamp out that, I dare I say it's Spursiness out of us, you know, and, I do, and, and yeah, out of the team. I do think we're a bit of a different beast under him, right? I think that tail end of last season was pretty, uh, it was almost kind of peak Pochettino-ish in its resolve. Yeah. And so much as just our determination to get that, that over the line. I kind of felt that after the Brighton game last year, I was like, that's it. It's done. Arsenal have got top four. We're going to have to suffer the St. Totteringham's Day memes and all that type of stuff all summer. But we still just kind of went at it. And that the the 3-0 at home, going into that, I really I really feel that like maybe a, a Mourinho Tottenham, for example, might mm. have lost that one to Arsenal might have kind of the mm. occasion might have gotten the better of them but I don't know I just yeah it, it really it feels like we've kind of turned a bit of a corner in in that instance and with City it's it's really hard to know um like uh, how good or not they are because Haaland is like look let's let's just talk about Haaland right because I was very kind of I went on the Blue Moon podcast the other day, big big city podcast, run by a lad called David Mooney, who's been on here before. Um, and he, he, he kind of one of his first questions to me was basically, you know, how are you feeling about having to play Harland, kind of thing. I was just explaining to him that because <laughs> you can imagine it, it must be imagine how like mad it must be having kind of him. It's like you know when you used to play like Doom back in the day with like. <laughs> What, what what was the old was it IDDQD the old cheat? Did you ever used to play Doom? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think well, it, yeah well, a little was bit. Was that God Doom, mode? Or like, or, yeah. Or was it like? Or is it like Odd Job on Goldeneye? Yeah, exactly. The, Gold, kind of, yeah. the, the, the the kind of the, the, <laughs> the cheat code, right? And it's as you said, yeah, the cheat code already. And I can imagine, like in a weird side, I get it, right? Whatever they've been assembled through oil money and all this type of thing, but people are still going to enjoy watching their team play football. You know, you yeah. you 
got the team you've got kind of thing and I dare say if we had the oil money and stuff behind us and we were signing players like Mbappe we'd still be kind of pretty buzzing about it on a certain how, level how did you not respond to that question like first of all if he'd have said to me like how do you feel about facing Haaland I'd have been like no fuck you how do you feel about facing Harry Kane <laughs> hey, yeah, how do you feel about Harry Kane mate Jesus Christ, like, get off your ivory tower, you bloody uh, high horse, you, you know, whatever. Anyway, sorry. Well, my point was more kind of like, well, you know, because I'd seen how Sancho came over. I know it's it makes you sound like a gammon for saying it, but I just, I don't I don't particularly rate the Bundesliga. I watched um, Stuttgart against Bayern this weekend as well. Well, part of it, the first half mm. of it. I just couldn't stand it. Like, I, I, I maintain if Bayern Munich were in the Premier League, they'd probably be kind of... Tottenham Arsenal level, maybe Chelsea level now, but I don't think they'd be running away with it like Manchester City do. And I just the league, it just seems kind of pointless to me. I don't, I don't really get. It. I don't. Maybe there's, there's, a, you know, the coaching and such on show is great. They've obviously mm. there's a farm of great managers there that kind of get their training wheels, should we say, in the Bundesliga and then come over to the to the Premier League. Jurgen Klopp. Thomas Tuchel, um, hopefully Julian Nagelsmann at Tottenham after uh, after Conte's gone. But it's another story. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I kind of, I was, I was thinking quite openly, I thought Haaland was going to come over because of the strength of the team that he's in and obviously the fact that he is, he's clearly a talented striker. But I kind of thought the Premier League's a, it's a different beast though, you know, coming over, coming over here, right, and trying to sort of replicate those numbers that we've seen in the, in the Bundesliga, I just thought he's just not going to do it. You know, he might, maybe he'll be kind of a sort of shit. Danny Ing. No, not even shit. Just like <laughs> good for 15 Premier League goals, that kind of level where it's like, you know, everyone was sort of saying before he's going to get 50, 60. He's going to break Alan Shearer's record in his first season. That sort of thing. I just thought, no, he'll get, he'll, he'll get 15 goals, maybe 25 goals in all competitions. But he's just come out like, <laughs> Now it's he's like 15, 15 25 tap-ins. I mean, well, this is this is it, right? Because we saw him in the first game against against West Ham. He he sort of scored a Haaland goal where he he got the ball in his stride and just kind of pelted forwards and just stroked it with that supreme power that he has into the back of the neck. But as you say, there most of his goals have been tap-ins. But and I was talking to them about this on on the pod. But my point was really like we kind of get that shit about Harry Kane forever, right? But at the end of the day, they get they're in the right position to score those goals. I'm not sort of trying to dig him out just because he's at Arsenal now, but Gabriel Jesus was at Manchester City for years, and he wasn't scoring the amount of goals that Haaland is already. You know, with the, with the mm. sort of service, they were both getting incredible service. You know, yeah. Jesus was there when David Silva was there for fuck's sake. You know, it's it's pretty mad. So I mean. What I mean, well, he's I obviously good, would... right? Like, I mean, do you yeah. rate him? What's his ceiling? I... How many goals is he going to score this year? Like, how the fuck do you stop him? Yeah, I do. Do really rate him? I think. Yeah, I think he's. You know, uh, there's a there's a Liverpool fan at work, and um, they're like he, <laughs> the most biased Liverpool fan you could ever you could ever meet, and he's like, oh, Diaz will do better than him. Diaz will do better. Than him. I'm like, no way, man. And then like he's scoring all these goals. And then it's suddenly like, oh yeah, but it's it's going to dry up soon because you know it's just dropping to him in the box and he's there to tap in. I'm like, no, there's an art. There is an art in what he what Harlan does. He knows he sort of like reads situations um, in attacks and then positions himself to be that sort of follow up or for the right cross or you know you know be that end product. He is the real deal. He is he is he's a fantastic striker. He's got everything: pace, size, finishing. Um, I just would have liked to have seen. I would like to see him face up against our our defense, you know. And and because I'm really interested in, I'm really intrigued in like, you know, the way that we've been setting up all season is denying all space within the box. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. the whole back five crunching together, and then like you know the two sitting with Hoiberg and Bentenker sat in front of them, just saying, "Hey, there is no, you are not getting a shot away inside this box," which is where he's been thriving, you know. Um, so that would have been interesting. I'm also interested in Romero smashing him up in the air in the first yeah, five, 10 yeah. minutes. Cause he's I, like, he seems to target one player a game and you just know it would have been him. 
Um, and then also off the back of that, where how Haaland a probably reacts to that, but b does that? Do you then see Haaland all game trying to tack on the end of Ben Davies, for example, like someone who's like half his size or like Longley, um, you know, and 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 just really target that area in us, especially if we've got someone like Perisic bombing on down the left hand side or Sessegnon and trying to attack that sort of side of the pitch. I think I thought the game would have been. From that perspective, I think it would have been a really interesting tactical battle. And also, like, the Conte side of it. Like, you know, would Conte specifically set up and try defensive drills in order to stop those sort of, you know, moves that Haaland's making or runs or the the City build-up and the City play? Um, Obviously, we've had some success against... Possession-based teams like City with with Conte and um, yeah, I just like found that that would have been a really interesting, intriguing thing to see. Um, and I think providing Haaland, everyone's fit. Um, and I had a look at I had a look at that that sort of screenshot of like game weeks and stuff and what's coming up when um, in the calendar. Um, I think it was circling around Twitter. And I just can't help but feel that this game will now take place in either March or April. So quite late on in the season, because that seemed to be where the midweek breaks were. Um, And to see if we're flying at that point and they're flying and Haaland's still scoring. and Harry Kane's obviously going to be HK35, right? Yeah. Then like that's set up for... That's set up for a huge, huge match, and well, Sky even more exciting, that, aren't they? That's yeah, the thing. they will be exactly. They will be rubbing, and who knows? Hey, if if we you know we keep going the way we're going, I'm, I'm not saying you know touch wood and everything. Like, could it be an early title six pointer sort of thing if we you know if we are the real deal? So Sky will be over the moon if that gets moved to like you know shades of shades of. Um, Champions League qualification, Harry Redknapp 20 to, for the, you know, when Crouchy, Crouchy in front of the away fans, sort of midweek jobby at, at, at the Etihad. Um, we won't talk about the following year because that was the year it went wrong and that was billed as that same, sort of same game, but whatever. Um, you know, so that, yeah, one of the, and, and all shades of the North London derby last, like last season, you know, huge game rearranged midweek. So um, yeah, look, it's going to come. And the Haaland versus Romero battle is going to come. Uh, it's just, it's just not happening this weekend. Um, it's quite interesting. It's quite favourable. Just having a look at our final, our final sort of eight fixtures. Bournemouth, because well, we've got this, the, the the reverse City fixtures in February, fourth of February. Mm. Um, then after that, we kind of, you know, sort of it's up and down. We've got Chelsea in there. But I mean that second half of the season for us, if we are trying to do something big, it's it's not terrible. Kind of it falls pretty nicely for us. Yeah. I mean, we usually our end of season's pretty grisly, but I mean, we got Liverpool away, we got Anfield on the twenty ninth of April. Mm. Other than that, you know, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, United at White Hart Lane. So, you know, United's yeah. often a bit of a dodgy one for us, but still. Then Liverpool away, but then those final four fixtures, Palace at home. Villa away, Brentford at home, Leeds away, final game of the season. It's going to be an interesting one. And like you say, yeah, it's, Sky Sports are going to be rubbing their hands together with Galee. But yeah. it's, yeah, I'm still, I, I'm really, I'm just, I'm not sure which side of the fence I fall on with it. Um, I was, I was quite interested to really, to see actually how good Spurs are or not right now. Because I think the main thing I've taken, the Marseille game doesn't change this at all is that I'm not entirely certain if Spurs are actually really good or kind of getting lucky. And I mean, you know, there is that sort of, there's that old saying, isn't there? You know, the the harder I try, the luckier I get kind of thing. Um, So it could could just be a case of that. But Charlie Eccleshare on the View from the Lane podcast the other day was making the point that this might be one of those things that we just retrospectively look back on and be like, Conte changed the game again kind of thing in that we've been so conditioned over the past few years by Liverpool and City's dominance really to view this kind of whatever they call it was it JDP football um, the ultra kind of um, possession based 
have the ball at all times style football. That mm. when you kind of watch Spurs over the past few games, yeah, we 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 don't have much of the ball at all, and that lends itself to to the kind of the discourse that Spurs aren't in control of games that we're being completely dominated. Um, but one one instance where I really disagreed with this because I, I saw quite a few of the kind of conversations at the back of the Marseille game that were basically saying Spurs got dominated, Marseille dominated the game, but Spurs kind of held out, stuck to their game plan and got there. But I didn't see it that way at all. I just saw Marseille have a lot of pretty meaningless possession, not really do anything with it, try their hardest. And we looked relatively comfortable for most of the game. And when I think about most games this season, and it sounds crazy to say because we conceded two goals, but I think even Chelsea away, Stamford Bridge, we were pretty comfortable for large parts of the game. We restricted Chelsea's opportunities that they created. Um, and with the sort of with the attack that we have, knowing that we can just that we can be so ruthless with those teams, it's. It, I'm not saying it's pretty to watch. I'm not saying I love it. I'm not saying I think it's. It's it's it doesn't fill me with anxiety. See Tottenham surrender as much <laughs> possession that they that they do in each game, but maybe we are just really really good. Maybe yeah. we are just letting other teams kind of punch themselves out. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and hit them because when you do have players like Richarlison, Huminson, although he's not really turned up this year so far. Harry Kane, Kulusevski, even somebody like Lucas Moura. That can that can hurt other teams. Mm. Why why do we need to kind of it <laughs> really? Yeah, especially in a season this busy, to to exert as much energy as we need to, come like pressing Ooh. doggedly in every single game, every single fixture. Yeah, that's 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 one thing I kind of wanted to touch on actually, because like you know, I do keep I, I I'm thinking back to that run in last season, and I don't remember. I don't unless mm. like you know. They say you forget all of the 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 painful things about bringing up a child, right? They say they say they say like you kind of you, it, like you you kind of shut everything out, like when when that, and, and you forget about all the horrible things when you when you when you when you're raising a child at the very beginning and and, and whatnot and all the scary things that you have to go through and and, and everything and and you push that out and you just think you think of it as this rosy wonderful time or whatever and that's just like in human nature. And I think back to our and to liken that to Spurs. Um, I think back to our running and our like that, like you say, post Brighton, whatever, um, or even like, or even after sort of like I think after when from the Leeds game or whatever, right? When we wallop them, and I just I just remember us, and especially like the I just remember us like battering teams last season. Um, then that's that sort of last third of the season. Um, and, and I don't remember us really setting up like this and being like, like inviting everyone on and, 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 and sort of inviting all of this pressure, maybe the Villa game. Actually, I remember like the first half of that, I remember we away at Villa and we, um, and we were one nil up in that whole first half. I think they pretty much pumped us and Lloris pulled off a hell of a load of saves. And then with second half, we just came out and rolled them over. But like then, so I've kind of been, I've, I've, in the background, I've kind of been thinking, like, is this knowing how fucking insane the schedule is? Is this an actual tactic employ that Conte is saying is like, you know, I want us to set up this this way and this sort of reserved football and surrendering possession and hitting teams on the counter because a because we've got four players that can play up front uh, that are like incredible and incredible on the counter and can cut through teams. Um, like a knife through butter cliche drop it in um and like is it this whole sort of to sort of reserve energy and keep like you know miles in the tank so that post world cup or whatever because we've got a fair few players going to the world cup like po post world cup they've still got like miles in the legs if you know what i mean and like can then can go again if you know what i mean rather than like going heavy metal football clock style and then burning out by January, February. Is he, is he setting up this way to play the long game? Well, this, um, is, this, is, this is hard to know, isn't it? And this is really what I cannot... I think probably out of any of our managers of the past few years, 
I think I've I've struggled the most to really kind of get a grasp on what we're doing, how in terms of how intentional it is, for the reasons that you've highlighted there, and how much of it is the players or you know because we, we've noticed right we've noticed on on occasion that i mean the aston villa game last season is is a perfect example of this but i'm pretty sure we've seen similar this year when for the most part we we seem to just absorb in the first half let the other team kind of try and knock on the door if you like and then in that in that in the second half kind of come out at it or again like we saw against Chelsea when whenever we conceded against Chelsea it's suddenly like right we need to get a goal and we sort of snapped into action into a more proactive kind of stance but it's like is this is this something that's been coached into us or is this just the players naturally responding to events that are happening on the pitch mm. um i mean personally i feel really that the results and well, mainly just the results, to be honest. I was going to see the manner of them, um, and maybe maybe that does still apply. Just the fact that we kind of we're, we're undefeated so far this season. Um, yeah. We've conceded, I think, five goals. Um, yeah, and we're yeah. winning. We're winning more games than yeah. You know, it's not like we're just getting a load of draws or anything like that. We're we're, we're winning games. Um, yeah. I, it's, it, it's hard to not see it as something that's deliberate at, yeah. at this point in time, especially when you, I mean, you don't want to get too drunk on reputation of the reputation of somebody like Conte, but at the end of the day, he's, he's one of the so-called best managers on the face of the planet for a reason, right? Cause he makes, he makes teams good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm kind of like, I mean, you with the, I'm thinking about like, you know, I think uh, last time I came on, uh, we had like we were we were talking about you know wanting to sign a, a ten for those games where like you know we're playing teams that want to sit behind the ball and um, and soak us up if you know what I mean and then hit us on the break um, and now it's kind of <laughs> I kind of feel like you know there's that that we we're sort of trying to coerce those teams out right and 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 we're giving them the ball. And being like, right, okay, well, here you go. They and they think they can express themselves a little bit more once they're, you know, in fact, they're on like fifty-five percent possession or something like that. And then one, two, three passes, we're straight through them, and then there's a goal. Um, and yeah, it kind of feels like we, we, we yeah, we're changing. We, we have it, it does feel like a deliberate tactic because it is. We, we're trying to find way. It's it's a different way of breaking those teams down, if you know what I mean. Mm. But Man, it is not great for my <laughs> anxiety levels. I mean, I watched that that Marseille game. I was watching that, and that first half, I was getting so frustrated. And it wasn't because I wasn't getting really frustrated at like I, I wasn't. I wasn't getting frustrated by the way that we were playing, and not like you know. And I never really looked at it like. Oh my God, we we Marseille have all the ball and they're 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 so much better than us. I was more getting really upset and angry with just how sloppy we were every time we got the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, every time we finally won it back in our and, and we were gonna go hit hit them on the break, that first pass out wide would make it, or it would be a bit slower. And then that second pass would either be uh, would would miss the man or like it would be a really rubbish flick or something like that, and it, nothing was just coming off. And it was it was like on another day, if we were actually on it and playing and playing well, like we I I fully agree with you in the fact that they didn't really create anything of note in that first half, but we had missed opportunities where we could have scored two or three. Mm. And then suddenly that's a completely different game. And everyone's looking at the scoreline at like, you know, 2-0 at half time, And we've not really had any of the ball, but we're really comfortable. And then we probably go out the second half and manage the game. Do you know what I mean? And then like, that's maybe when we step up the possession base and they don't really have a sniff. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's what's griping me more about in terms of like, you know, the, either the way like about the way we were playing is that we we have the games that I've been watching we've been quite sloppy in, in in certain aspects and I think 
as soon as we start tightening that up and then we hit teams and we, we're hitting them like, you know, on two or three breaks for four breaks and we've, we we might score two goals or whatever because we're, we're clinical like we were last season. Then, uh, then I think everything will change. Do you know what I mean? And everyone will be suddenly a lot more upbeat about us. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I think the the thing that's interesting, right, is because we've never really seen Spurs in this position before. We we flirted with it for a little bit under the peak of Pochettino, right? We had the sort of Leicester year and then 16-17 the year afterwards of being a title challenge, a legitimate title challenging team. Um, and we looked, it's hard to remember really kind of, because those sort of things are such an emotional journey. And I was talking about this on the pod the other day that, it's sometimes hard when you're in this as a as a as a football fan, an emotional fan primarily of what's taking place on the pitch. I do find it very hard to sort of pay full attention to all the kind of like I guess the more tactical, technical stipulations and things that are going on at that point in time. You're sort of more living in the moment, um, and so it's 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 hard to know kind of really what Spurs are doing, how effective it is. Like you're saying, we're kind of, we're being sloppy perhaps in, in our approach play. Um, there was a lot of kind of, yeah, like you say, slack passes and things like that put about. But one of the main things I'm noticing is that like, we're not, we haven't been barring maybe one or two little things which have been punished. Yeah. Mitrovic, Romero's kind of sloppy tackle on him, which got punished. And another sloppy tackle from Romero actually in the Marseille game, which um, Royale managed to cover, um, yeah, for him well on. We're not we're not actually being that sloppy, and also God Hugo Lloris's punch as well in in that Marseille game. But other than those really glaring examples of us being sloppy in defence, I you know I think it's it's quite natural that teams make little mistakes. I think the thing that really does strike me about this Tottenham team um, is seeing us just like you say just be really clinical and ultimately get the job done because I do I do wonder if if we were watching say City over the past few years or Liverpool or even United back in the day or anything like that with the razor sharp focus that we do our own team would we notice kind of little errors would we notice things that we weren't Mm -hmm. as particularly happy with but all we see from the outside all I've seen for the past few years is well, it's just they just get the job done. They just win it. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They're not going to be bemoaning. And I've, it, a prime example of this is games that we've played against Liverpool. Most of the games mm. we've played against Liverpool over the past years, we've bemoaned and we've been like, oh, for fuck's sake, like we played so well today. We were all over them for large parts of the game. We at least deserve a point or we should have won that one. We were all over Liverpool, but Liverpool still just managed to get it over the line. And yeah. that to me has been like, half if not like two thirds of the battle with Spurs ad infinitum mm, yeah. you know if forever yeah. since forever has always been Spurs is just just getting it over the line that's what that's what we've never seemed to be able to do we've, we've had periods even when we've been way worse you know think about not even what I don't even want to use the term worse but not on the same level that we're at now Martin Yol, we played some lovely football under Martin Yol. Harry Redknapp, we played some beautiful football. But the problem that always seemed to be is we always just would come unstuck. It's all well and good to remember in the Harry Redknapp era, the Inter Milans, the AC Milan away, that, those type of fixtures where we're flying and it looks amazing. City away at the Etihad to seal Champions League the first year, you know. But yeah. 
really, we all remember that era, right? The Redknapp era of just those frustrating kind of losses or draws that we'd always fall to to teams that we, sh- we had no business drawing or losing to. Um, yeah. But now we're managing to get it over the line. And I, I really felt watching that Champions League game the other night, like it just it felt like the shoe was on the other foot again it felt like because i ha- i have felt this way for a couple of years, for a couple of years now is that spurs really are now like we are a seasoned european team we're one of the bigger teams and we we shouldn't be kind of constantly looking at these games like going into games like marseille and i get why we do because we're spurs fans and we've come from a place of when we first started getting into europe regularly under the likes of martin yol if we ran into a team like marseille a Sevilla, someone like I mean, Sevilla would probably still cause a problem for us or two, but like the the sixteen seventeen Champions League group, like that, exactly. But we're still going to look at teams like this and be like, "Ooh, I don't fancy that one." But in reality, we're a team that consistently finishes in the top four in the Premier League. Like the Premier, yeah, we mm. we almost every other week playing a team of real genuine quality. A team teams a lot. I think a lot of teams in the Premier League would win most European leagues. Do you know what I mean? Like they are, Mm. (laughs) it's pretty mad. And the fact that Spurs are kind of, we can weather a storm against a team like Marseille who are sitting top or second of Ligue 1, undefeated themselves this year, but ultimately just get the job done. Have some, like our new £60 million signing that we've made this summer, Richarlison, can just step up and make the difference. Um, lovely, and it, wasn't it? Unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, let's let's talk about Richarlison because I don't want to keep going in circles on this. I just it, because a lot of this, like I say, a lot of this, I think I really do feel that this era is going to be something that we can only reflect on right now because I don't think any yeah. of us really know the the limit to this Tottenham team, the peak, the where it may lie. Because I think there's there's obviously there's a hopeful longing that we're gonna really do one of the big ones, and I think. I, a lot of people are kind of very cautiously optimistic about the fact that Spurs might be a really good team. And it's it's a funny one because a lot of my mates who support kind of rival teams as well, they're not doing the usual, ah, nah, Spurs, nah, you're just, you're hyping yourselves up. You're, you're typical kind of Tottenham. A lot of them are a bit like, I don't really know how good or not you are. Like Conte's exceptional. You've got a peak Harry Kane. You've got some really good players. Like you, you could be, legit you know you could be the real deal but I don't think that anybody really gets where we are but anyway one of the one of the big things we can reflect on and talk about at the moment is is Richarlison um because I, I was very much like I was I was pumped when we signed him I thought great yeah so was I yeah absolutely 60 million pounds we're signing the best player from a club that's kind of below us we're following that model of we're doing to Everton what United, City, whoever have done to us for years. Carl Walker, Dimitar Berbatov, Michael Carrick, mm-hmm. Sol Campbell. <laughs> yeah, dare we say, oh, but the list goes on, <laughs> you know. Um, and we've done that. We've got the business done. Yeah, you know, I, I, I listen to the sort of, not frustrations, but the concerns of other Spurs fans. Where is he going to play? You know, I get it. People talk about rotation, but he's going to want to play a lot. Uh, is he better than Kulisevsky or Son or Kane? where does he fit in this system is Conte going to fall out with him is and all these kind of concerns but it just it seems it seems almost a bit of a because I I would say like at first immediately I loved his I loved his endeavor I loved his spirit a lot of Everton fans said you're going to love that you're going to love his drive you're going to love his determination he'll bleed Mm. for the shirt all that type of thing that's great and I always thought he was a good player at Everton but I saw him more as somebody that was like not a shit house, but just a player that was a real hard worker and really, yeah. you know, he helped. He helped keep Everton up last year, um, and he had. He yeah, had well, he hit, there was no real need for him to do that. He was going to get a move to another club if Everton went yeah. down. Anybody was going to buy him this summer. You know, what it probably Atletico Madrid or yeah, Manchester yeah. United or somebody. He, I think he he could be fairly kind of. He could rest safely sound knowing that he was going to get a transfer this summer if Everton went down. But he still, he was there. He was fighting for them. He's fighting for every single ball. But I think the main thing I'm noticing so far for him, uh, other than those things, is he's actually quality. And I think a lot yeah. of people have really like, not, not even undersold him. I don't even think it's like some part of a, like a conspiracy against him or anything. I just think it's that maybe he hasn't had the platform to fully show that so far. And now yeah. he's playing alongside players of genuine quality. 
I'm suddenly like, have we actually like, have we actually signed like <laughs> a, yeah. a superstar? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this guy's like oh, Brazil's, absolutely. he's Brazil's number nine. And the way he sort of, just his influence on the game and the way he doesn't seem to be intimidated at all, the way he's already linking up with players like Harry Kane. I'm already sort of thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, fuck, is this, is this the lad that Real Madrid are going to try and buy for like 120 million yeah. a year or so? Is this guy the real deal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those two headers, they're absolute bullets. And like, like they're he, the when and those balls going out wide, he he just seems to know where to be, position himself properly, and then bang, wallop in the back of the net. Cheers. Um, yeah, he's he's great. I love it. I, I've fallen in love with him like pretty. I was excited when we signed him, um, and because I just thought, yeah, we're signing genuine competition. You know, behaving like a big club. I think I said last time, and now he's just sort of like now I'm actually watching him like week in, week out play, that sort of, you know, that tenacity brings, you know, to the front line. And like, just how, yeah, how skillful, like that, that assist for Kane's goal, uh, like Forrest, was everything that told you everything about him as a player. Mm. Like, you know, he bullies that, that defender off of the ball when it's going out for a throw in, gets it, looks as it has a look up, Outside of the right foot, like out swinging cross, bent perfectly for Kane at the back post. Like that was just that was so good. And like then him to finally get his goals. He, if you know, if it wasn't for VR, he would already be off the mark in the league. Um, and he so he can score poachers' goals. He can score fantastic headers off the ends of crosses. He can create. I think we have genuinely signed the real deal. I think we've got a really good, like we've got four fantastic options now. And like, you know, and the best thing is he can play across all three, all three spaces as well up front. You know, he can be that Harry, let Harry Kane have a little rest now and again, if, you know, and do you know what, that was one of the circling back to the city game. That was one of the big conversations, right? Was it going to be, was it going to be Sun or Richarlison playing that, that week on the weekend? Like just because of how, inform he is and and i think you know you, you when when you mention that like you know what big cl- clubs used to do to us you're absolutely bang on because like you used to see teams with like you know or, or teams like lower league teams or like lower in the league teams sorry and their best player go to like a man united or something like that maybe like even I don't want to liken him to a Louis Sahar, but Louis Sahar was the first person that's just come to my mind, right? And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, why have they signed him? They've already got X and Y, you know, um, they've paid a lot of money for him. But they just come in and because they're playing with a much better squad and much better players, their game elevates to another level. And then they look and they look even better and their numbers go up and look even like... and and. And yeah, you're right. And maybe that is us now. We are one. We are one of the so-called big six, right? We're playing in Europe year year after year after year. And second, uh, uh, back a little bit to sort of Tottenham, actually, on that front that's just popped to my mind. Like there, there was a guy, there's a guy at work who like a few people at work who are sort of like loosely into football but not really into football. They know I'm a big Spurs fan. So whenever they see me, they grab me straight away and they want to talk about Tottenham, right? And uh, one of them's a, a, a Pompey fan, Portsmouth fan. And um, and he was like, oh, so, you know, how's Tottenham doing this season? You know, I, I see you, you've got off to a good start. You're winning some games, spent a lot of money on a player, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, 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 all, all good, all good, you know? And, um, you know, but I was like, yeah, the only thing is we're, we're not exactly playing playing really well at the moment. And um. And from the non-football fact, he just went, well, that's a great sign. That's brilliant. That's what Man United used to do for years. And Chelsea. <laughs> like, you know, they're like, oh, they just wouldn't play very well. And then they'd win. And, and, and also Rooney would pop up and score a goal. And that's what, that's what, Richie, that's what Rishi, Rishi lad, as everyone's called him, right? You know, he didn't play well. Bring on Rishi lad. And all the, well, he started this game. And then, he, and then, bang, we've got a goal and we've won the game. So, um, fantastic piece of work. Fantastic signing. And I think Conte loves him, you know. I think when he's spoken about him, he's been like, you know, he brings everything that he looks for in a player. So, fantastic piece of business. Um, yeah. 
and uh, by all accounts like a really a, a bit of a nutcase but a really sound lad in the dressing room from what it's, I've read and what I've seen everything I've sort of heard about him since is that he's a bit of a like Brazilian Marcus Rashford you know that he's a yeah. he's got a real kind of heart about him but there was a story I think in the athletic when we first signed him that was saying that his kind of his local team that he played for um when he was a kid and he first got kind of picked up by a by a bigger team he got given like a load of kind of Nike training wear and all this stuff to wear and he just went back to his old team and like handed all this like new kind of kit all these shorts and shirts and socks and stuff like that out to all his old teammates just kind of knowing that I guess that he's gonna have a life of getting this type of stuff and it seems to have just gone on from there that he's somebody that's often kind of known to do a lot for charity to do a lot for like young people and stuff in in Brazil from kind of more impoverished areas and that's why I think you know I know we kind of I think people get a bit too upset about the whole like celebration police it's quite fun you know it's quite fun for when I get it when Arsenal make fun of us for celebrating a 96th minute equaliser <laughs> at Chelsea and we do the same to them. It's just what football fans do. It's kind of, we, we don't need to right. go too deep on it. But I think I think it becomes a bit mean-spirited and I think it's just a bit stupid and reductive when people were kind of being like Richarlison acting after that Champions League game like he just won the competition and stuff. It's like, I mean, his dad's there. It's a huge moment yeah. for him. I think it's, you know? you know, as people said, like, you know, him and his dad used to sell fruit at the side of the road in Brazil together. And now he's yeah. there in, let's be honest, the best stadium in the biggest competition in, yeah. front, of, finally, in front of the world's fi- media there. Those those yeah. photos, you see those photos of him in the stadium now. You see him in the, in the all-white kit that we wear in Europe with the kind of lens, like, you know, all the flashes from the... Photographs and everything like that going off around him. It's just it already. It's like an iconic shot already. You know the sort of mud, yeah. the sort of the dirt on the shirt and all that type of stuff. The tears in his eyes. It's like it's it's amazing. Like what the fuck do we watch football if you're not allowed to care about stuff? Especially the players. Like the players, they work their asses off. The majority of them, anyway. Some yeah. of them are just have got a god given talent. Obviously, it's well like- they all do. They all have a god given talent, but some of them work harder than others, right? They're allowed. They, of course, they can enjoy those moments. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you're looking at like this is the pinnacle of club of club football. This is this is like other than obviously the World Cup, like you know, for the national team, obviously that's that will be top of the game. Like you know, representing your your country at the World Cup, like that that probably nothing will beat that. But then club level, this is it. This is the top. This is the top of your profession, and to, to come from where he's come from, and then be signed by a massive club for 60 million pounds and in your very first game in that competition that you've probably watched as a kid and then score the two winning goals and get mad at the match like christ i'd break down i'd, I'd, be, I'd be gone like my, my wife ridicule, ridicules me all the time saying i never cry never cry at anything i think the only t- thing i've ever really cried at was paddington too don't know how i don't know why just it just did but like you know, I think if I represented Spurs in the Champions League and scored two goals in the last 15 minutes, I'm I'm welling up now thinking about it. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it would be unbelievable, right? I mean, like, and then you, on to that point, I mean, it, it shows you how much it means to the players. Like, I think, didn't, didn't Basuma played like five minutes, didn't he, or something like that? If and like, that. yeah, and he's, and he's Insta-storying his Champions League shirt, you know? Saying like he's ma- he, he's he's made it in that competition. He's finally played in that competition. It's a huge deal for the players. That's why we've been able to, I guess, sign these sort these sorts of players, your Basumas and your Richarlisons, because we're playing in this competition as well as being the mighty Tottenham, of course. But um, yeah, like I know to ridicule <laughs> ridicule someone for scoring in the Champions League, um, two goals, man of the match performance. And just for cry- and and crying with his like his father on the side of the pitch when you're playing on a Thursday evening in some tin pot competition, <laughs> like it's a bit like you know, come on. Well, the, fu- the 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 funny thing is, the ironic thing is, their young Brazilian lad actually scored a last minute winner as well and burst into <laughs> tears, you know, and that was only in the there Europa go, League. Yeah. So bore off. That's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. That's that's accept. That's fine. That's fine on a Thursday night in uh, wherever it was. Where was it? Norway or somewhere like that? Was it? Oh, no, Switz- Switz- Switzerland, wasn't it? it was Jacka returning to home or something. All like. the same, mate. Somewhere, somewhere foreign. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, yeah. You know I'll mean? send to nowhere in somewhere the farmers' competition. 
Yeah. Does Mickey Mouse hand over the trophy? Does he? <laughs> Old McDonald's. Old McDonald's. <laughs> I actually saw one of the group games at the farm I visited this weekend, actually. Yeah, was, Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> FC Pig. Um, exactly. Are you excited? Champions League, right? It's back again this week. We haven't had any Premier League, so we're, we're all... I'm, I know I am. I'm hungry. Speaking of pigs, I'm hungry for football again. I want to I I delve my face into the trough of football once again. And uh, what better place to do that in the Champions League? Sporting Lisbon, oh, Sporting I'm, Club de Portugal, as you're I supposed to call them. I can't tell you how jealous I am of everyone that's probably flying out there today. It's pissing it down at the moment, if that helps. Is it? Yeah, I've oh, seen quite well, a few. I, quite a few unlucky. Spurs lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be pretty amazing. I really, really, oh. annoyingly, I really wanted to go to this, but it was just a bit a bit too early in the season. Yeah, and... same. I think if I'm this scared. would have been... Yeah, same. <laughs> if this would have been October, November, would have been nice. Would have been a nice time to do it, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, the first one up is the... That was the I like. I don't fan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy Marseille away. Don't know why. I don't think of anything other than like yeah. It's a bit a bit, fans. bit naughty. Isn't it? <laughs> Joe Button turning up with like a like in his uh, in his ultras uniform or something like that. You know, trying to stab me in the arse or something. Um, and I, I think Frankfurt would be pretty good. But Lisbon for some when when the groups were drawn, I thought that would be a really nice away day. I think. Yeah. That'd be unbelievable. They're uh, in terms of on the pitch, they're not they're not doing that well at the moment. Mark, um, well, they've got got one of our own, haven't they? Yeah, they have got Marcus Edwards in there. Who's I think he scored a goal the other day in the Champions League. So goal and assist, I believe. I was I was I was um, I remember on one of the Spurs WhatsApp groups. I in, mean, I was like, I remember that there's a guy in in the WhatsApp group that basically like anyone that's like youth player he thinks is going to be the next Harry Kane he, he goes all in on him uh, <laughs> where, where, whoever they are like Cameron Carter Vickers he's he was devastated when that fight when that finally didn't happen and um and I've always been like look if they'll make it they'll make it you know I really want them to but at some point you know you cut your ties with them because they they can't cut the mustard and unfortunately, I was a bit like that with him. And then this week, the, that guy is like reminded me straight away. Oh, Edwards! Oh, oh, goal and assist. He's gonna. Oh, we've got we've got to watch out for it. And it's almost like he kind of wants Marcus Edwards to probably score a brace against us <laughs> tomorrow night because he's supported him that much. So um, yeah, so they're not doing that well. Your then. mate isn't windy, is it? Carl. <laughs> <laughs> no. no wants to be wants to be breezy we'll call him breezy breezy all yeah. right there you go yeah, yeah. He's, um uh, but yeah well, i mean they, they've just they've not they've not been doing particularly well this year sporting um mm. they've lost two games already they're sort of sitting mid-table i'm just Dyer's going to be up for it Eric. yeah that would be a nice homecoming for him won't it? yeah it's just a sort of it's echoing what we were talking about at the top it's the sort of team now we should we should be winning we should be winning this game, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did win their first group game, right? Obviously against Frankfurt, but then Frankfurt aren't Frankfurt of what they were last season, right? So I'm not sure how much we can read into that. I think I think we've played our toughest team in the group already. So I'm I'm fully expecting or wanting us to go in and. Um, and do the job there, do the business, especially with a week's training now. This is what Conte is all about, right? They're, they're always saying, or like stuff I'm hearing and, and reading is like, you know, Conte really only likes it when he's got a full week's worth of training. You know, that's why we never do, that's why he never does well in Europe because he prioritizes the league and we never do, and his teams, even though they have made, like he has made Europa League finals before, um, they never really do very well in Europe because he prioritises the league and the league is his bread and butter. Well, he's now had a full week's worth of training. Um, so I'm kind of expecting us to go there, surrender possession for 60 minutes and win <laughs> and win 2-0. <laughs> <win> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and some to come back into form. I think he's going to again as well. You start I think... Him. I think I think he, I think he's just going to keep playing him, and he'll score. And then when he scores, he's back. And I keep circling back to our performance levels. But do you want? 
Do you think he's a lot to do with why we're playing bad, son? And because he's because the way he's playing is affecting us as a team as well. Well, you can see that the the, the front three and the when we are going forwards, I don't think there's that there's that synchronicity there, is there? It doesn't look that it doesn't look that breaks clean. down. It, yeah, exactly. It doesn't look that clean. It doesn't look that kind of well organized, and it seems to be perhaps that we're just getting it over the line by virtue of the sheer quality that we have in those positions. Mm. Um, but I mean, he was good against Fulham. That he was impactful against Fulham. Um, and lest, lest we forget that it's it's because of him that Marseille ended up getting a red card the other night. Which Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was the only thing he did really in the game, which feels harsh to say, but I, I thought Marseille was maybe one of his worst games of the season. Um, yeah. And it did, it did make me worry. Um, I agree with you. I do think Conte is just going to play through it with him. He's going to keep playing him. Um, but I would, I'm getting to the point where I would be tempted to kind of take him out of the side for a bit um, and let yeah. him kind of get his head straight because, I mean, Kulisevsky, when he came on again the other day against Marseille, showed oh, you what we've been missing. He looks so good. Those, yeah, whips, absolutely. those little whipped crosses that he does from deep. He's so good at that. Yeah. yeah. Driving down the right-hand side, checking back onto his left, whip. Like, like straight away in my mind, the penalty against Arsenal... And I think Sessegnon's opening goal against Southampton this season, both from that sort of move that he likes doing. And it does, it just looks unstoppable. Do you know what I mean? When he does that, yeah. he, he, he can go through, he can have little cold spells in games where he doesn't really get involved, but by and large, wow, what a player and what, how big and, and already massive for us. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I kind of feel like he does, he does need a little sun, need a little um, time out of the spotlight, maybe, especially when Richarlison's playing so well as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't help but feel that Conte is just going to get him and just keep playing him, playing him, playing him until he scores. And then, and then I think in the hope that he's just going to snap out of it, I reckon. I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure how good or not Harry Kane's been this season, but, He's starting. He's scored basically. Even if he's having an indifferent start to the season, as we know he often does, he's at least scoring goals this year. Yeah. Um, there's been a bit of talk today. I've seen just before we started recording. Uh, I think it's the evening standard are saying that he's warming to the idea of signing a contract. We saw Antonio Conte last night saying that he is. There's, there's, it's believed that. He is committed to Tottenham. He loves the stadium. He loves the facilities. He loves the the vision of the club, what they want to achieve, um, the fact they want to become one of you know a major force in European football. Blah blah blah. He's happy with the direction of travel, of the spending, that type of thing. Mm. Heart of hearts. Do you see, regardless of that, do you see Harry Kane signing a new contract to Tottenham? I I see Harry Kane signing a new contract if Conte signs a new contract. I think they're linked. I think it's one. I think it's a two for one. Um, if I if I'm putting myself in, if I if I would put my if, like take away all love that I have for Spurs and put myself in a professional footballer's boots that is in his situation, what's he got? He's now he's now got less than two years to run on his deal. If I'm right in yeah, saying, correct, yeah. So he can he's in a position now where he can sort of wait and see. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if Conte commits and Spurs are playing really really well, I think he will commit. He's got now, but like he can easily play it out this whole season, and also look at things like you know where the Spurs finish up at the end of the year, if they're back in the Champions League and Conte's still manager, like, you know, all rosy, new four-year deal, finish off the career. He probably could also look at something like, you know, see where Tottenham are at the end of the year and let's see where someone like Man United are at the end of at the end of the year and how they're getting on and the fact that they need probably will need a number nine because obviously Ronaldo is not the answer for them. Not to say that Kane is with the way they're playing, but you know, I mean, it's Harry Kane, right? He, he can fit in anywhere and score goals. Um, 
I, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of wait, touch and go, and wait and see. I think with him because yeah, if if we're flying and we're doing well, let's say we finish third this season, or we look like we're going to finish third, and Conte's loving it, and Conte's getting backed next summer as well, then I can fully see him committing and signing on. But if things don't quite go to plan this season, maybe we finish. Let's say horror scenario: we finish fifth, and the cash in, and there's an injection next season or whatever, or you know, clubs starting to get a bit thrifty. Then I can sort of see a world where he sits and waits another season and kind of does what Ericsson did to us. Um, but I'm I'm positive. I want to be positive about it, and I think you know I, we've been talking about how much of the real deal we are, and how we're acting like a big club now, and how even though performances haven't been great, we've we've still been clinical and we're finishing off teams, and you know I kind of feel like we're gonna we're we're gonna be all right this season. I do I do feel like we're gonna be all right this season, and then I think we go again, and I think. Yeah, I'm leaning towards him ending up signing a new deal. Yeah, tied with Conte. The two for one. Let's hope you're right, mate. Let's hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> How far do you think Spurs can go in the Champions League, mate? Do you buy the uh, do you buy the the kind of Conte doesn't do well in Europe stuff, or do you think it's a, a new leaf for him as well? Um, no, I I think. I think we'll go, I feel like easily we're going to go through the group, not a problem. And then it's, it's luck of the draw, isn't it, after that? Do you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Go, we could go, we could go full 2019 and make it all the way. We could easily draw, like, the best team in the competition in the, in the do you know what I mean? It, it, it's so hard to tell. I, I, I'll go as far as saying, like, sticking my neck out and being like, yeah, we'll finish top of the group. I really do feel like we're the best team in that group and we'll we'll finish that. From there, like, you just see, like, yes, I do feel like we are one of the better teams in Europe. I do feel like we are, like, one of the strongest teams in Europe now. Um, but you just never know with Champions League. It's so batshit crazy. And then you get, so, you, you get someone like Atletico Madrid who... I watch them and I'm I'm still I'm never really convinced about them. But then they shit out their ways over two legs and yeah. they knock out someone like Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, kind of like what we did to City, I suppose, in like you know 2010. And it, well, we didn't really shit out them, but like, well, so like you can never tell. It's just luck of the draw and how it goes over on the on on night and two nights, and then you hope bit of bit of luck goes your way or a bit of. VAR goes your way and then you, you're through. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like we could go, we can, We have the potential to go deep. That's for sure. Um, it's just about keeping everybody fit. And this World Cup is another, like having that slap bang in the middle of the season, that is another sort of like conundrum that everyone's got to figure out and how players come back from that whole tournament. Um a lot on the plate of Conte, a lot on the plate. And uh, yeah, this ha it has to be, I think it has to be, like you say, is it a new Conte? I think it has to be, doesn't it? Just with the amount of time, the amount of fixtures and everything going on, it has to be a new Conte to be able to deal with all of this, no? An interesting little conundrum for you, mate. If yes. uh, we get towards the end of the season, right, it looks like we're in the position kind of to... To be in a title race, we're maybe say you know a couple of points off City at the top. We're doing really well, and we're in a Champions League semi-final. What do you want to see us prioritise? Where do you want? The, we we have a big squad now. We've got a lot of players. But if you were talking like our best eleven oh. at that point, and you know what it is, do you want to see us try and win the Champions League, or do you want to see us sort of go big in the Premier League? Champions League. Yeah. Good man. Oh, it's the pinnacle. It is, isn't it? Right. You, yeah. you just you gotta winning the league's great, but winning Champions League in front of the yeah. eyes of the world, in front of Europe, you know, is yeah. And it's... being uh, going around singing uh, away every club you go to next season, singing Champions of Europe, you'll never sing especially that pretty much. Imagine yeah, it, exactly. especially to Arsenal. Imagine oh. it. Imagine oh. it. Beautiful. Oh. Beautiful. I'd be stuff. all up for a star on the shirt as well. 
Oh, big time. Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Big time. Right, get it on there. Get it on there now. Do it. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Champions League all day, every day. It's lucky we don't have to choose, mate, as we're going to win the lot this year. So uh, The quad. All of done. it. Have you seen that, that? Have you seen the meme doing the rounds? You know the uh, there's that bit in Harry Potter when I don't know they're sat on the train basically, and the woman comes around with the refreshments trolley and says, "Do you want anything from the trolley, love?" And Ron says, "We'll have the lot." Um, <laughs> but someone's obviously put Conte's face on the uh, on on Ron and on the trolley. There's just all the different cups that Spurs might win this year. I don't. I I'm not even doing the internet thing of who made this. Scream, scream, scream. Kind of thing. I actually want to know who made that meme because it's brilliant please, and it's it's given me that. it's such a source of mirth so far. Hang on, let me see. Let me find it for you now. Please um, send that to me because I will send that to everyone I know. Mate, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty of reason. It, it we've just whilst we've been recording, as us having a look now. Um, it seems to be that the games this weekend are going to go ahead. Surprisingly, oh. I've. I thought they'd Good. be off as well this uh, this weekend. Well, I, for one reason or another, I, and I've got season, I've got we've got season tickets, and I've still been this season. It's like there's always been something that's happened, or like an event, or something that I've got to go to. And this Saturday was meant to be. This is is going to be the first time I'm finally getting up there again. And um, and then when it was <laughs> when obviously everything was happening. And then I was reading about, oh, like next week, Megan might be, might be off as well. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm never gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> it's never again." But maybe, maybe happen. that's why we're doing well, Carl. Maybe you're, maybe you're a bad luck charm, mate. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe just stop I'm going. Cash it in. That's it. I, we'll, we'll, that, we'll find out this weekend. This is the litmus test, right? So, uh, <laughs> if we do lose, if we, if we lose at home to Leicester, first of all, fucking hell, we've lost at home to Leicester. But like, yeah, if we do lose, then I'll be. The ticket exchange every weekend, I think. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 